0: to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, where women who are ready to expand their life adventure discover the tools to stop playing small and tap into the courage required to enjoy their Second Wind. Welcome. Welcome to Second Wind. I am thrilled that you are here today. It's always a pleasure to know that you're out there listening. And so I am really excited about this show. I'm glad that you're here. So you will get to hear it firsthand today as it's being recorded. And so anyway, I just want to give you a little reminder about six, Second Wind was created especially for you. I want you, if you're a woman going through transition, that you would have the support that you need to make a an easy, happy journey into the new you. And I do that by providing you with the best guests that I can provide you with so that you can become informed and you will also try to play for a bigger game. There's much more that you can learn about yourself by knowing how big you will go in your life. And that's very important. So through connections and support, I hope to lend you that power so that you can get the life that you really want to live. So let's not hesitate further. Let's learn about our guest today. Lee Richardson has studied human behavior for over 30 years. Her initial focus was on organizational behavior, then shifted to human behavior in 2003 after her son had a traumatic brain injury. Now, Lee will share with us, there's another thing that also transitioned her during that life. But moving on, Lee is the founder of clinical director and clinical director of the Brain Performance Center, utilizing her MBA and MS degrees, counseling degrees, and board certifications to offer state of the art solutions for brain problems. She is currently taking her PhD in psychology. As a brain health expert, she regularly contributes to radio and television stations across the nation. Whether it is anxiety, ADHD, depression, insomnia, or brain injury, Lee understands her understanding of the brain and the different methodologies that can be used to organically change the brain is immense. She is unique in that she has the ability to connect with people, understand their situation, and win their trust. Lee is an author of Turn Your Brain On to Get Your Game On. (laughs) Let's do that again. Turn Your Brain On to Get Your Game On. An international speaker and a popular syndicated radio show host. Lee, oh my gosh, how do you have time to do all that? I'm I'm, I'm in honor. I'm I'm bowing here. If you can see me, I'm bowing. (laughs) Well, you know, I used to think I was busy, Joyce. Now I know I'm busy. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But you must really love what you're doing because it shows. Yeah, I do. And and you know, when you love what you do,
1: and you enjoy it, it, it does make it easier. It really, you know, I love to learn. So I'm inspired. Some days I'm inspired at what I learn. And some days I'm frustrated to learn what I don't know.
0: Uh-huh. But,
1: but in the end, you know, I, I think I see it really contributing to my personal goals. And you opened the show, you know, welcoming uh-huh. ladies that want to go to the next step in their life. And being there to inspire them. And really, that's what the PhD is doing for me. It's taking me to the next step in my life. So yeah. I I applaud everybody, whatever that next step is. I applaud you for taking it.
0: Mm, yeah. I You know, I'm a much better student now in my in midlife than I was when I was younger. It's, it's like it's opened up. Have you always been a good student or was it just a discovery?
1: Well, it's so interesting because I have to be honest, Joyce, this PhD program has been hard for me. And at first I was like, okay, I don't get it. I was working for Exxon, worked all day. They came and said, hey, we want you to get your MBA. I'm like, oh, you're going to pay for it. Okay. Got an (laughs) MBA. Then I've changed careers. And we'll talk about that in a little while. But I was running this business and decided that I wanted to bring counseling in. I had been, uh, had a coach certification and had been, you know, utilizing that. So I ran this business during the day and I went to grad school at night, brought the counseling into the business. No big deal. Mm-hmm. So, but when I started the PhD program, you know, at first I thought, well, is it because I'm older? And my answer to that is No it's just harder. (laughs) It just gives me a great, a great opportunity to work my
0: brain. Yeah, right. Well, I always like to share with my guests, with my listeners, how you decided to make that turn. I think those are so important because we all have those moments, those transitions in our road, and we take a left or the right and So would you share with them how that impacted your decisions to to expand?
1: Absolutely. Well, to expand my personal horizons started a long time ago when I actually moved back from Connecticut and came back to Dallas and I was running my own human resource consulting firm Mm -hmm. and enjoying it was a little overwhelmed because I thought none of my contracts would transfer with me and they all did I, but which is a nice surprise but yeah. you know by the time we moved back down here my boys were in the second grade and I had traveled I brought them down to Dallas to stay with my mom I had been on a conference came through Dallas picked him up we flew back into LaGuardia got to rent a car had such a good time driving back to Connecticut he's mm-hmm. found a great radio station with singing just you know, a great memory. Mm -hmm. So we drive into Danbury and I tell the boys, the van's parked at the bagel shop. I'm going to go in, I'm going to get you a bagel and a juice. I'm going to put you in the van. Then I'm going to go across the street and turn the rent car in. All you have to do is eat your bagel and wait. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they used to go to the rent car place a lot because my husband traveled a lot Mm -hmm. and they decided, oh my gosh, we got to show her the secret path that we can take to get to the rent-a-car place so as they were crossing the street one of them got hit by the car i'll never forget looking back in my rearview mirror and seeing him row up on the hood of a car and land in the street and then i'll never forget seeing the look on the other one's face Mm. So honestly, we were blessed. We we were very blessed. We went to the ER and then they said, he never lost consciousness. And basically they said, he's had a concussion. If you go home and this, you know, this doesn't happen and this doesn't happen, all good. So we went home and that didn't happen and that didn't happen. So we thought we were all good. Mm -hmm. Fifth grade rolls around. He comes to me and he said, mom, you got to help me. I'm like, well, of course I'm going to help you. What's up? He's like, no, mom, you got to help me with my brain. And I said, well, okay, what's going on with your brain? Yeah. <laughs> and he said, yeah. it's not working anymore. Oh. It, it just won't work. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. So he walks me through it and, and he had been online and he yeah. said, you know, I know what's wrong. And I said, well, tell me. He said, well, I have ADHD. And I said, well, I don't know what that is. Uh And, and he really didn't know either. He just Mm -hmm. said, I I know I can't remember things and I can't focus and you got to help me. I said, I got it. So I go up to the middle school and, and where he's going to school and I meet with the counselor and I explain this and she's like, Oh, your kid doesn't have ADHD. Your kid's never been a behavior problem. He's never failed anything. Your kid's lazy. And I said, well, Okay but my kid wants help. What can I do? We'll put him on Redlin.
0: Oh, so yeah.
1: yeah, you, you mm-hmm. want me to give my kid speed, but then you tell me there's nothing wrong with him. Why would I do that? Right. And she's like, well, that's the only thing you can do. Mm-hmm. So that's a long answer to why did I start doing what I do? Um, And I saw improvement with him. I've been in ICU twice with brain injuries. The first time that they were about, one year old. And, and I fell down a flight of stairs, basement stairs in Connecticut. Oh, woke up in the hospital, had no idea where I was. My husband was sitting there looking at me. He said, do you know where you are? And I said, Nope. Are you going (laughs) to tell me? Um, and I really had completely lost consciousness. And they told me that you've had a pretty substantial concussion. As a result, you've lost your sense of smell. I'm like, okay. Sense of smell. I mean, I have to be able to see. I have two little kids. I have to be able to hear sense of smell. Cool. I mean, I'm good. Um, And that really played out very differently. Did you know you have more emotional memory tied to your sense of smell than any other sense? And Mm, when you think about it, when you think back on Thanksgiving, I can't tell you Who's that where I can't tell you what they wore, but I can tell you what I smelt when I walked in that house.
0: Oh, there is something about that in the cookies and all that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, but I
0: thought, you know, I'm driving over here twice a week. I'm I wonder
1: if this can help me. So I asked the neurologist and he's like, well, I don't know. And I said, well, let's try it. And it did. It got my sense of smell back. And that was a life changing moment for me. That's when I decided, you know what? this is really cool stuff. I'm going to do this. Yes. And I'll never forget. I he was, he was walking down the hall one day and I was in a treatment room. I'm, Dr. Walker, Dr. Walker, come on in. I got something mm-hmm. to tell you. And he's like, okay. And he yeah. comes in and said, well, here's the deal. I've researched it all. I'm going to go up to UNT. I'm going to do my didactic training. Then I'm going to come back down here and I'm going to do an internship with you. Right. And he's kind of like, <laughs> Right. And then I'm going to get board certified. And I said, if you're lucky, I just might work for you. And he was like, okay.
0: And that's exactly
1: the way it rolled out. And I worked for him for five years before
0: opening my own practice. All right. So the what they the treatment that you went through was biofeedback? Well, it was neurofeedback. Neuro, which is, excuse me. Yes. But but
1: neurofeedback is biofeedback with brain waves. So okay. it's just another way of saying
0: it. Okay. So I'm going to ask a very basic question here. What does that treatment look like? I mean, when I, if I come to your office as a, as a client, how do you, is it, do you put an apparatus on my head? What is it? Is it ear hearing? Um, how does it work?
1: Well, the first thing that we have to do is understand what's going on in your brain. Okay. And so we'll map the brain two ways. Okay. First, we'll do a qualitative EEG. We'll mm-hmm. put a cap on your head, and that cap's got little built-in sensors, and mm-hmm. we'll record 20 minutes worth of data or more if we need it. But typically mm-hmm. 10 minutes eyes open and 10 minutes eyes closed gives us the data that we need. From uh-huh. that, we'll get at least one good minute. And that's kind of like the gold standard. Uh-huh. Ah. And that lets us look at what's going on in the brain.
0: Yeah. So that's how you get your information to work with. That's how we start. That's how you start. Yes. Well, okay. So it was seeing the results that you had, the benefit of smell returning that gave you that um, positive drive to move forward. You knew there was something to this. Well, it inspired
1: me and seeing my kid, you know, when you see your kid, and I told him when he first came to me, I said, look, because I have twin boys, you know, and one is
0: wondering if they were twins, (laughs) they
1: were. And one is one is very, very book smart. Uh And the other was very intuitive, smart. And I said, you know, you don't have to make straight A's, you Uh just need to be secure and happy. And he wasn't. And one Mm -hmm. of the first changes I saw in him with the neurofeedback was he started to get his self-confidence back. And I'm like, that's that motivated me because to see your child lose their self-confidence and think about it Joyce I mean all the education I've had I've never had a a course in self-confidence or self-esteem right it comes from within and to see Mm -hmm. him get that back was just
0: it was a a motivator Mm. did you see him lose that after his accident or was he always a child that had less confidence no I saw him actually he was
1: fine till he got to fifth grade really? and he's, his brain quit working okay and and then you know oh, yeah. then you they know, get lots of messages they do get lots of messages and yeah. you know and at first I, I, when I look back I'm like well you know fifth grade's a really hard year and he was like no mom don't try that with me <laughs> my brain's not working. I'm like, okay. Um, like a pretty smart kid. He is a smart kid. And he, he, he was, he was smart enough to figure out what was wrong with himself. Yeah. And I give him a lot of credit. Yes.
0: I mean, I'm amazed you're telling me this. So you decided, Maggie you decided just how many, how many months or years ago did you decide to go into psychology to get the psychology degree? Cause you're, you're a busy lady. And then you decide. well, I really need this or what was this? Well, it's really
1: been an evolution. I've thought about doing the PhD for a while, but I don't want to write prescriptions. I don't, I really don't want to just do assessments. So I Mm -hmm. kept asking myself, what would that PhD give me that I don't already have? Right. And because, you know, I'm, that MBA still resonates, it's back there somewhere, what's my return on the investment going to be? Mm-hmm. And my personal and my professional plans have really evolved. You know, I want to create more of a social change around mental health. Mental health is brain health. And Joyce, mm-hmm. did you know 60% of the people that suffer from mental health issues do not get treatment?
0: Mm-hmm. And And is that because of the stigmatism toward? Absolutely. And get this. Do
1: you know how long they suffer with mental health issues? Those that do do something before they do it. Do you think three to six, three to six months a year, three to five years, (laughs) 10 years, Mm. a decade. That is a long time
0: to be hurting. It, it really is. I have a friend who has a child that is, has several conditions. And I, so I kind of have gone through that. She's a very active member of NAMI, which is a support group for um, schizophrenic and all the other blends of uh, therapy. But I've, I've, she's talked about that with me. There really is this, I don't want to be labeled um mentality that goes around it particularly uh if you're not i i guess it goes it really goes through all society i was starting to say maybe it was if you were raised in the country but it's not it's everywhere isn't it
1: it is and you know where a lot of that stigma comes from it's Mm. the self-blaming that we we do it to ourselves you know Because, and Joyce, that's why I wrote the book, Turn Your Brain On to Get Your Game On. Mm -hmm. First thing I do for anyone that comes to the Brain Performance Center, I do a 30-minute complimentary consultation. Because if I'm going to tell you that I can help you, Mm. I've got to believe it. And how do I know if I can help you until I talk to you? And what I noticed in those consultations, and from the very beginning, I would say, you know, gee sounds like you've got some depression going on. And I'd see him look at the floor. Oh, no, no, no. Or, or, you know, I'm like, gee, sounds like he has some anxiety. And I'd see those shoulders come up and earrings. Oh, no, no, not me. And you're not be like, you know, it's okay to not be okay. Because everybody is going to not be okay at some point in their life. And I realized that, you know, people need to know that. And that's why I wrote that book is just to introduce, hey, you have depression, you have anxiety, you can't sleep. You think about the same thing over
0: and over and over. All of that is what's going on in your brain. What is the most difficult once you diagnose or you uh, assume that you have the right diagnosis for someone? What how difficult is it to? convince them to encourage them are they do they go willingly just because they have an answer or is it more of a selling type of situation well you know it's it's actually
1: Joyce once they get here it's easy oh really (laughs) yeah it is so easy because the way that the you know the way that number one the way that they're treated Mm -hmm. number two the way that they're given the information it validates when i look at a brain map i'll say oh you know this looks like to me that this could be going on in your brain do you have any this this could be happening they're like yeah 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 i mean when you have a little eight year old say miss lee give me that and i'm like give you the brain map yes (laughs) Um, and i'm looking at mine. i'm and she's like, okay. And I was like, okay, buddy. I said, what are you going to do with that? I said, are you going to put that on the refrigerator? Oh, no, no. I have a special spot. I put everything that's really special. It's going in there. He said, but I'm not telling you where it is. I said, well, that's, that's <laughs> okay. You don't have to tell me where it is. <laughs> but I mean, when you see, and I see that same response from people of all ages, but you know, I'll never forget the look on that face.
0: Miss Lee, give me that somewhere. Okay, it's my brain. Yeah. <laughs> However, it is. So, are we making any progress in changing the stigma around brain damage, around brain issues?
1: Well, on some levels, we are. I mean, there's three levels of stigma. One comes from within—that mm-hmm. self-blame. Mm-hmm. Two comes from society, and you know, and, and and that's a big issue. And the mm-hmm. third level comes more from a, a workplace, the, the where we work. Um, and, and that's where I'm trying to create some social change, because employers yeah. need to understand. I mean, Joyce, if you hurt your leg, what's the first thing you do? Go to the doctor. Absolutely. If you get up, And you feel like you're just so overwhelmed that you just can't do it today. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't think I need to go to the doctor. You start Mm -hmm. having these nasty conversations with yourself. Okay, suck it up, buttercup. Let's go Mm -hmm. power through. Mm -hmm. You got to do this. And that dialogue has got to change. And the way that that dialogue can change, number one, is for them, for people to have the same type of insurance for their mental health as they do for their physical health. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they have that type of insurance, but they don't know it. There's a lot of companies that have EAPs, but it's under communicated. And, you know, it's not. Uh, and when we hear that, well, I don't need that. I'll, I'll never need that. Right. One, one rule I have in life, never say never Mm -hmm. because it'll bite you. But I think, you know, people need to understand that it's okay to not be okay. That, and and if they go to their supervisor and they say, you know, I'm just having a really hard time in my family right now. I just need to have a mental health day. You know, just being able to say those words would be such a drastic shift. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, you know, that's my hope that it it and i think we, the pandemic has taught us a couple of things and one of one of the things i think we've all learned is that we've all been impacted in a way we've never been impacted by the stress
0: oh yeah really and i isolation think isolation is big oh it's c- huge
1: I, I can't imagine the studies that are going to come out and show the psychological impact of the quarantine mm-hmm. think about it being isolated, you know, you're taken away from your community. I couldn't go to the gym. I couldn't go to church. Mm-hmm. They're just things that that are part of my community for my existence. People couldn't go to the office. They couldn't go to work. I mean, I was shut down for five weeks because of, of I needed to be. Right. But right. you lose all of that. And I think that what you realize is how important taking care of yourself is. Mm -hmm. I hope.
0: Yeah. Um, I think we're seeing signs. I mean, just the simple thing that happened at the Academy Awards, the, you know, the unpleasant outbreak uh, by this movie person, actor, um, it, it just we've never seen things like that before. I mean, there's and they're all kind of like acts of violence. They're kind of like, why are, who are we angry at that, that we had to break out into physical or verbal uh, abuse of other individuals? It's, it's just really the strangest time. Well, I, and
1: what I, I agree with you, but I, you know, what happens is where, there's four things that puts a brain into a dysregulated state. one is genetics one Uh is physical head trauma third is emotional trauma and the fourth is stress well for for people in that movie industry the emotional trauma i mean they're not filming people and when they do film people won't won't go to the movies And, and the stress of all of that That impacts the way the brain can work. And that also impacts that autonomic nervous system, you know, and that autonomic nervous system keeps you in balance between fight, flight, and freeze. Yes. And I think when I hear about what happened and I watched it, you know, that autonomic nervous system just went into that fight or flight stage and Mm -hmm. just chose fight, you know, and you can fight with words. There's a lot of different ways you can fight. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. Well, I can't help but believe because of the coaching background that I've had in my own personal work, that almost any one of us would grow up from our home environment as a young child. And you can think even in the best environment, there's always the smarter sister or the bigger brother or that more popular person in your family. So this starts really early in your life, this Programming that you get. And um, so, th- wouldn't it be? Uh, am I overstating to say almost any of us would have some balancing that we need to do to the brain? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody, and I say this every day in every consultations, mm-hmm. you know, everybody is going to have emotional trauma. I right. don't wish it on you. But you, if you're living life, mm-hmm. you're going to have it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody needs to rebalance. And my hope and my goal is, is that everybody recognizes they can, for starters. Oh, and yeah. not only can they, but they should.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I try to stay away from the shoulds. Yeah. But but in this case, <laughs> there I, are some I big think- ones. I think there
0: are, thank you. There are some good shits. Yes. Well, I think it, as I have become more familiar with the brain and we seem to be talking about the brain more than we used to, we just kind of ignored that muscle that's up there in our head, you know? And so it seems to be, you know, we think, you know, the brain's connected to your gut system and, and you've got all that conversation going on with our, our diet And it's, it's, I like that we're starting to at least recognize the whole person. It's every part of us. And I don't know why the brain has come up last, but it has. It's like, kind of seems that way to me. No, you're right.
1: I mean, there's been more work done in the neuroscience world in the last 15 years than all the rest of the time. And, And, you know, and I think it's just our, We've often so focused on our physical health, Mm -hmm. not even understanding. I mean, if the body and the brain aren't communicating on a cellular level, nothing's going to work.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly our food. So many people, I mean, the fast food places are, are booming and I because I have. Of late within the last six months to a year, really tried to start working on that part of my life. It's just I keep looking at those lines, you know, it's right next to the grocery store. So I'm going to grocery store to get my wonderful salad mixes that are in a bag. I love those things, they're so convenient. But as I'm in there shopping, I go out and I just see this long line. That's how we live. Lunch is always fast food. It is.
1: Yeah. Or leftovers in my case. <laughs> but you know, we and you make such a good point because it, it is how we live. We live in this instantaneous moment. We've got to have immediate gratification. Yeah. And when you were talking earlier about, you know, all this programming starts early. It when you have a smarter sister or or the neighbor next door wins every single thing. It starts. Mm-hmm. And think about what social media is doing to that programming, because, you know, I did a radio interview yesterday about all these young adolescent girls are showing up in the emergency rooms, having ticks and like Tourette's after watching so much TikTok. They're watching TikTok videos on Tourette's and it's you know, I mean, so there's, I'm not saying social media is awful. I think a little bit of social media is fabulous, but I think too much of it. And, you know, all you have to do is uh, whether it's TikTok or Facebook or Instagram, all you have to do is spend a fair amount of time looking at something and you're on their, you're on their roadmap.
0: Yeah. I, I've become aware lately of the importance of the sleep for the brain. I And with the stress that's come up, nobody I talk to sleeps through the night. And um, I'm primarily hanging out with 50, 60, 70 year old women. And they're all waking up to do whatever they need to do. And I think it is stress. I think part of it is stress. I think there's many reasons It impacts the brain.
1: It really does. And it's, you know, it's so interesting because all day long, those neurons and dendrites, they're wiring and firing away. And Uh when they're doing that, they're creating toxic waste. And which is okay, because when you go to sleep at night, you have these little glial cells that come out and they clean up that mess. They're little scrubbing bubbles and they just clean it all up. Well, if you don't go to sleep when are they coming out? And more and more research is linking insomnia with Alzheimer's disease. So, you know, we need to be aware of how important our sleep is. And I think we'll wake up and maybe we're overthinking something, you know, maybe we're, or or, maybe 80% of us. And I got this from one of my favorite spots, Harvard health Uh says 80% of us are either lost in the past or we're worried about the future. We mm-hmm. just need to learn to stay present, to stay in
0: the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's also been a, a crease. How does the CPAP machine affect our brains? Because that's been huge. Everybody I know has got one of those things.
1: Well, you know, that's a really good question. It, it, you know, it certainly changes the biology, what's going on in the brain on a neurobiological level. I don't know how it does. I know that it regulates your breathing, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it, to me, anytime you alter your chemistry and whether it's with a CPAP machine or an Ambien mm-hmm. or a sleepy time tea, I mean, there's all different ways to come at it. Right. But what we're trying to do is change what's going on so that we can go to sleep and i think the best advice that that anybody can do is if you wake up in the middle of the night and -hmm. some people like to go to prayer some people you know people have different places they go but what i suggest to people is when you wake up in the middle of the night stop and focus on your breathing just focus on Mm -hmm. taking low put your hand on your belly Mm -hmm. And when you're taking a long, slow inhale, you should feel that. You should feel something down around your belly button. You should feel that stomach go up because you're pushing air down in there. Yes. And then take an even longer, slower exhale, because when you change your breath rate, you change your heart rate. And if you can get your heart rate and your breath rate to dance together, Mm -hmm. well, then you've created heart rate variability. And that's a sign of wellness. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Next time I wake up, I'll try that breathing technique for sure. Now I've heard other thing, other warnings, and yet I use something myself. I there's an app that when I wake up, I can it has all sorts of settings for meditation. It also tracks my sleep, my deep Mm -hmm. sleep and my And I really, I I love to use it, but I've also heard it's not good to have the phone next to your bed. Is that true? Well, it's the blue light that the phone puts out. So
1: that's what's not good. So I think that if that app brings you peace and provides you some coping skills, use it. Just Mm -hmm. turn the face down. Don't look at
0: the blue light. Yeah, I wear goggles anyway, because of my CPAP machine. I look like a warrior when I go to sleep.
1: That's <laughs> okay as long as you wake up and you <laughs> won the battle. Yes,
0: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but it's it is, it's like a game. I wake up in the morning and it tells me if I snored or not. And it tells me when I was in deep sleep and awake and how many times I woke up. Because my pulmonary doctor is telling me you got to use this thing, but they're making great strides with it so you don't have to use the breathing machine, so I haven't I don't know about those yet, but they are changing the use of that, and that would be good, because there, there are also issues with that machine.
1: Well, technology, I mean, when I first, when I did neurofeedback back in 2004, it was, they put two sensors on your head. Now we do whole brain training. We train the networks and the hubs. We train the power. We train the coherence. We train the phase. I mean, so technology has come a long way. So don't give up
0: on those machines. Okay. <laughs> but How do, how does somebody work with you when they come in, you identify their, their issues? I mean, is it, they come in once a week or can they be treated from distance or? Well, the the thing about what
1: we do here, we do now, we do cognitive behavioral therapy and that's psychotherapy and that can be done in a Zoom meeting. Mm -hmm. But what we do with the, the biofeedback, the bioresonance therapy, creating the communication between the brain and the body. That's got to be done here. Mm-hmm. What we do working with the brain, whether it's creating neuroplasticity in the brain or you know, changing the power ratios or changing the way the brain shares information or the timing, that's got to be done here. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, I always say when I talk to people, now here's the kicker. <laughs> the kicker is you got to show up on a regular basis. You
0: got to go to Dallas.
1: <laughs> you got to come to Dallas or, you know, but you need it for research supports for best results. You do it twice a week.
0: Oh, okay. But- and is that after you, after you map the brain, then do you use a cap or a something over your head to, to get the training or whatever you do
1: no matter what we're doing if we're doing a lens which is focused on neuroplasticity we're moving a sensor around a very small sensor around your head if wow. we're doing mo- neuromodulation if we're sending the brain what we know it needs we'll use some coils that send out pulsed electromagnetic frequencies or some sensors that, that can do transcranial alternating current or direct current um, if we're doing neural feedback, we're training the networks in the hubs, you're putting that cap back on your head. So we are, you're always, ha- we're, we're using something to sense what's right. going on in the brain or to, to modulate what's going on in the brain.
0: Right. Yeah. Now are your, is your clinic unique for this or are they becoming more uh, prevalent all over the United States and world I am
1: I really happy to say I think that that the the field is growing and I think what has brought some of that growth is that the medical profession has begun to open their heart to what we do um, mm-hmm. and you know the medical profession they're typically they've been trained in pharmacology mm-hmm Up until recent years, now we've got integrated medicine. You know, we've got functional medicine. We're looking at things differently, and I, you know, there there are people that do it. There's all kinds of ways that they do it, and I always just say there's all kinds of just gimmicks out there. You know, just be sure that what your whatever technology or whatever theory you apply has science behind it. Mm-hmm. and be sure that anybody you're working with even if it's a, even if it's an md they need to be board certified in neural feedback because to keep that board certification just like to keep that counseling license you got to get those hours of, of training in oh and yes technology changes so fast if you haven't been trained in the last five years your
0: history yeah you're behind Yep, that's true sort of like the computer. It just keeps changing. Yeah, <laughs> For the good, they say. Yeah, yeah, it's a challenge for me, but uh, I'm going, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have provided us with so much good information today. It's just, um, and I could talk to you for another hour, but I guess we have to go, but I'm um, I always like to ask two questions of my guests. So the first question, may I ask you questions? Of course. That's three questions now. (laughs) But anyway, uh, what was the most important action that you took as you made your transition? The transition either from your son's um, accident or your own cases?
1: Well, you know, I think that that action started for, you know, personal reasons. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of grew as I saw how it impacted a lot of other people in the world. And it's really evolved. And, you know, I think the action that I've taken in the last couple of years to go back and to get that PhD, because then I can be heard on on a different level. And my personal goal is to create social change around mental health. to make it people say yeah you know i've been depressed yeah i've been anxious but i'm working on it i'm trying some meditation i'm trying you know so to me that's really the the greatest action i've taken Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i you know there is a story there i think that we are drawn to what we really love to do and that's a sign that's where we need to be and i've tried to go the other route and um it's much harder <laughs> when you're not having a good time. So, the second question is, what is your greatest success?
1: Well, I think my greatest success really it's not one individual. I mean, a couple of a couple of people came to mind that you know after being in the hospital for two years, and but it, but it's not it's not any one person. It's the the cumulative effect of knowing that someone that wakes up every morning with anxiety and they're losing their job because they can't go to work. That can, that can be changed and knowing that somebody that is so depressed, that they're so fatigued, they socially isolate, they haven't seen their family in weeks, knowing how that hurts them and knowing that too Mm -hmm. can be changed and, and change without medication, without You know, it's organic change. Mm -hmm. So to me, just seeing that success thousands of times, the accumulation of that is my greatest success.
0: And did you share with me, you'd had so many clients you'd seen, it was a huge number.
1: Oh, I, I, you know, all I know is I've looking at some data for my dissertation and, and it's, there's thousands.
0: Yes. That's pretty impressive to know you've affected that many lives. Well, the Brain Performance Center has. I can't oh. say that. I can't say that <laughs> one just Lee. Well, I know, but there. You know, if Lee hadn't decided to do that and build that, then it wouldn't have happened. So I'm. I'm going to give you some credit, Lee. Well, and
1: you know what? <laughs> I'm going to take it. Thank
0: <laughs> good, you. Good. Good. <laughs> well um thank you very much for being here it's been a pleasure
1: thank you so much for having me the pleasure was all
0: mine thank you Joyce (laughs) yes um now listeners I really want you to think about this you've heard really good information if you want more you could call Lee's office oh and we need to do all that we need to give them (laughs) your call number your social media and all of that to help them find you, Lee. I'm sorry, I missed some things here. Well, we're easy to find. We are the
1: Brain center.com mm-hmm. We're on Facebook, Brain Performance Center. We're on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. We even have a YouTube channel. So if you want to learn more about the Brain Performance Center, go to YouTube. Oh.
0: Yeah. That would be great, and you also offer. You mentioned this earlier, but I want to um, mention it again: the free thirty-minute consultation. And we do, it, and you can. No, you can't. Can you do that from the phone by calling?
1: Absolutely, you know. Yes? Well, you can pre-pandemic nobody wanted to but now we we've, we've kind of changed the way we do business. You yes. can do that we can do that over Zoom, we can do it over the phone. We've learned that we can operate differently.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I agree with you on that. I think using Zoom has definitely cut down on those travel trips that could be handled through the computer world. So I agree with that. But for you listening out there, I really want you to maybe look for the book. If you already know that this is the direction that you feel you need to go, then that consultation is waiting for you to call 214-329-9017. And I'm sure you can go to her website, uh, www.thebrainperformancecenter.com. And get that number and get that number right. That's on your website for sure. So I always ask you to do something that during the week and tomorrow, remember to share this with your friend that is having brain issues or just complicated life. Share with her that there's hope, there's help. And it's very close. It's just pick up the phone or go to the computer and begin the process. Take action. You have, you have the ability to change somebody's life. And that life could be yours. So I really, really, really encourage you, as always, to take action. Help your friend or help yourself. The next thing is that I, I really look forward to you being here next week because it gives me great pleasure in knowing that you're listening. Have a great week. Thank you for being here today. Bye. Joyce Buford returns next week at
1: the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.